This past Tuesday, I did something that I've never done before in my 29 years of life. I was on my way home, took a little detour, went to a gas station, take one for the mega millions. <laughs> and by my being here and not somewhere on the other side of the world on a beach with a good fruity drink in my hand, you can tell I didn't win. But today, I, but today's gospel made, like brought me back to Tuesday because I'll be honest, when I bought that ticket 7.30 on Tuesday night, I swore that I was going to win $1.6 billion. It's enough for like a third of the national debt, you know, like, I, but I swore that I was going to do it. Why? Because I had bargained with God. Like me and him, I'm, I don't know if you know this, priest and God kind of have like a direct line with one another. So me and him were talking about it all day, and I was just like, man, look, I'm going to stop. I'm going to get this ticket, and then don't worry, I'm going to put all of the money towards a good cause. Like everything's going to get given to the church. I'm, you know, I'm going to take my like 2%, right? I'm going to take my like 2% and put it aside. It's $3 million is plenty to live on, right? Uh, you know, 30, whatever the number is. That's why I failed math. Um, but, like, I'm going to put my little bit aside, and I'm going to live on that. But everything else I'm going to give away. Like, if your church has debt, which I'm from St. Mary's, we got debt. Um, if your church has debt, don't worry, it's gone. Diocese, like, we worried about funding this and that or whatever. Gone. Good. It's finished. We're good. We don't have to worry about that anymore. We can build buildings at every school. We can educate our students the best we possibly can. I do, I do, I do I'm, I'm head of uh, youth formation for the diocese. We're going to be able to do the best possible youth formation that money can buy. It's going to be awesome. I'm also vocations director, so we're going to get some really, really good things in place so that if guys are thinking about the seminary, they're in and they're good, and we're going to form our priests the best that we possibly can, our future priests. So, Piotrick, it was about you, man. Like, we were going to fix this up for all of the diocese. It was going to be great. And then I saw the numbers. And I don't know if something was lost in translation. God might have been speaking Latin, and I might have been speaking English. Or I don't know what was going on, but something happened. I didn't get a number right. I don't get it. But my hopes and my dreams, like since from the moment I bought that ticket to the moment that I saw the numbers come out, I'm not going to lie, I was budgeting what, how I was going to spend this money. I was thinking how I was going to be able to do some good with this thing. See, today's gospel, we hear about this man, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is a man who is blind and a beggar. He's poor, he's blind, and he's in a pretty hopeless situation. He's living, he's on the outskirts of society, both figuratively and literally, because he's living outside the city. Bartimaeus has a lot of problems, has a lot of issues, has a lot of things standing in the way of him and what would be considered happiness. And in a way, whenever Jesus passes in front of him, he wins the lottery. 
But he doesn't start thinking about what's the grandioso kind of things that he could ask for Jesus, from Jesus. He doesn't start thinking about what is it that like, will give me the creature comforts of like, everything that I would ever need from Jesus. His first reaction, is, his first thing that he says is, Son of David, have pity on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Bartimaeus, before anything else, before, rec- before recognizing that Jesus is someone who could give him and fulfill every wish he ever had, the first thing he yells out, he cries out, is, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need some help. So Jesus calls him. And Jesus puts him right in, the, the apostles bring Bartimaeus right face to face with Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and very plainly says, what do you want me to do for you? Tuesday night, when, I, when that question was proposed to me, I was saying, man, I want to hit the jackpot. Throughout the course of my life, I may have answered that question in a lot of different ways. Jesus, I want to be a dad. <laughs> I, want to have a hus- I, want to have a, I want to be a husband and have a wife. Jesus, I want to be comfortable with with my family. Jesus, I want my mom and my dad to be happy and holy together forever. You may think that question gets proposed to you. How would you answer it? Like today, if Jesus looked at you in the face, whether you knew it or not, and he said, what do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that question? Lord, I don't, don't want to struggle with that sin anymore. Lord, I just want my marriage to not be as hard as it is. Like, Father, I, I, I don't want my mom and my dad, my spouse, my kid, I don't want anybody to be sick. I think the way in which we answer that question is very, very important. Bartimaeus shows us very simply, he asked completely out of his poverty, out of having nothing, out of being an outcast to society. When Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? He looks at him very, very plainly and says, I just want to see. Something small. Something that's taken for granted. I just want to be able to see. And his eyes are opened. And he goes on seeing, and he goes on his way. He goes on the way. He follows Jesus on the way. The very interesting thing about the last words of that gospel is that the word the way, the word's the way. We might be thinking it's just a path. He just continues down the road. But the way in the early church was actually a way way of talking about the early Christians. It was a way of talking about the church. It was a way of talking about this movement, this family that God had founded on earth that was known as, that we know today as Christianity, which then was known as the way. So he joins him on the way. I'll be honest, I think one of the reasons why Christ didn't answer my prayer for a jackpot, for the Mega Millions jackpot, 
After I went back and I was praying with it, after I went back and I was praying with all those desires that had welled up in my heart, it was very simply because, quite honestly, God does his best work with a poor church. Amen? God doesn't do his best work with, rich, with the rich and the powerful. He does his best work with the simple, the lowly, and the poor. Because what happens is the simple, the lowly, and the poor, it draws us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Being the simple, the lowly, and the poor, being the blind beggar on the outside of the, on the streets of Jericho, outside the city, being that person means that I have to rely on Jesus. But if all of a sudden I'm exalted to the powerful, to the wonderful, to the great, to the one who has a good reputation, that may become my God. Like God, I don't think God puts suffering in our life or something, or something hurtful in our life or something that's just bothersome in our life for no reason. Sometimes we can think of God as like, if, if you think of the movie Bruce Almighty, um, for some reason like that's sticking out, like, like whenever we just feel like the world's down on us and it's really, really rough and there's a lot of bad things, we could think like God is a kid who's just standing up in heaven with a magnifying glass just like burning ants. And man, I'm tired. Stop. But oftentimes, I think what happens is that God, whenever, whenever things are just not great, when we feel kind of downtrodden, when we feel kind of hurt, when we feel like we've been weighed down, God is not necessarily just trying to see how much we can carry. He's just waiting for us to give it to him to carry with us. God knows how to carry a lot. He knows how to deal with a lot. He's a big God. I think what happens sometimes is we hold on to whatever it is that seems to be in our way, whatever it is that, that kind of weighs us down, we hold on it to our, for ourselves because either we don't think he cares enough to carry it or we've gotten comfortable with it. Today, as we come to Mass, as Jesus himself steps down from heaven onto this altar and gives himself to us, as we come face to face with Christ again, just like the blind beggar, Jesus looks at each one of us with that same gaze, with those same eyes, with that same loving voice, and he says to us, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want from me? How can I heal you? What burden do you want me to take? What struggle do you want me to heal? What sin are you finally tired of? How do we answer that question? Like as we come face to face with our Lord tonight, as we come to receive communion, as we come to this celebration of the Mass, how do we answer the, that very, very simple but very, very profound question? What do you want me to do for you? As we come and we see Jesus face to face, just like when Bartimaeus' eyes were opened, the first face he saw was that of Christ. As we come today and see him, body, blood, soul, and divinity present here for us, he asks us the same question. 
He gives himself to us in the same way. His grace abounds today the same way it did so that a miracle can happen in my life and yours that we may be changed by coming face to face with him and seeing him anew. What do you want me to do for you?